The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Ronaldo Randall is a dynamic and savvy authority on successful leadership in advancing human and intellectual capital, a big picture visionary who has the ability to understand how daily operations shape results and goals. As a motivated achiever, he is recognized domestically and abroad for combining excellence, integrity, and innovation with best practices and common sense to achieve immediate and long-term goals. As a higher education administrator, adjunct professor, consultant, manager, and social entrepreneur, he is an effective manager of people with unsurpassed interpersonal skills. Ronaldo is gifted in uniquely assimilating information and skillfully delivering it with greater value. Family, let's welcome Ronaldo Randall to the Minding My Black Business Podcast. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. family welcome to another episode of the minding my black business podcast and i am so excited for this guest um so we have had the opportunity to work alongside each other on uh, a few things and um he is just such a staple to the black business community here in hampton road and so it is truly an honor to have you here on the podcast so welcome ronaldo Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Ronaldo Randall, can you introduce yourself to the family and then let them know where they can find you? Yes. So, as mentioned, my name is Ronaldo Randall. I am the bridge builder where I'm engineering better people through leadership and mastering um, people. I'm also a community leader with a nonprofit, Real People Educating Others, where I work with at-risk, disadvantaged, and socially economically challenged youth. And then um, do a lot of other stuff. Um, people can find me everywhere by my government name on just about every social media outlet. My first name is spelled R-E-N-E-L-D-O. And last name is Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L. And once again, such a pleasure to be on the show. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was tickled that you said you can find me everywhere by my government name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's real. That's real. That's real. That's real. Um, so let's just jump right into it. So how did entrepreneurship, nonprofit work find you? How did you get into that? Yeah, so man, I think entrepreneurship came later mm-hmm. and I later attached social entrepreneurship to it. And so like some entrepreneurs, um, they say, you know, they, are they born or made, right? Are leaders mm-hmm. born or made, entrepreneurs born or made. And I feel like I was probably made right so Mm -hmm. 2008 down economy people looking for um stability right looking for a plan b a just in case Mm -hmm. um and so that's where entrepreneurship started to really um surface in my life before that though the service component this really came naturally Mm -hmm. saw a need in our community didn't see a lot of people that looked like us that were really doing anything Mm -hmm. consistently right a lot of people were talking and so we just got to work started off talking to young people and speaking um, at events and schools and churches and things like that. 
And then we felt like we needed to do more because it was the equivalent of emotional pimping. Like we're going, talking to them, getting them riled up in the, in the moment and they were motivated and encouraged, but you know, that doesn't last. There's a short uh, shelf life on that. And so what we knew that we needed to do is do something more sustainable. And so we felt like a nonprofit where we can offer services and we can touch people in different ways, um, multiple times a year was a was a better fit for the people we're trying to serve. And so that's how I got into the nonprofit work. And we figured out nonprofit was the best business model. Mm-hmm. And we set one of those up. And so here we are today. Um, entrepreneurship, social entrepreneur, um, in a nonprofit world. Okay. So I told you at the beginning I had questions and that you were going to say something that made me have other questions. I have like three questions. <laughs> New questions now. Okay. You just said a, a phrase I've never heard before, but as soon as you said it, I understood it. Um, Emotional pimping. Um, explain that again. Say that again, Renata. Oh, yeah, yeah. So all my, <laughs> my people that have gone to, like, you know, their place of worship is particularly where you get this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you hear the word, whatever your, your religion is, mm-hmm. or whatever your faith is, and then, you know, you start getting hungry by the time you leave to go to where you're going to eat at. You've forgotten what was preached, taught. Mm-hmm. And so, or they take you really, really high, and then, you know, after you leave, you can't sustain it. Like by yourself, you can't sustain. I know a lot of people, that's why they go back to the place of worship every week. But I mean, literally, you can forget what you heard within 30 minutes to an hour prior to leaving. And so when you're in that space where everybody's energized about what's being said and it's hitting you in the moment, it's great. Um, But to sustain that is difficult. I think for everybody. And that's probably, yeah, you know, I know we're talking about mentorship, case in point. That's why you need a mentor, right? Right. So, um, yeah, so that's what emotional pimping is. And I felt that when I heard it for the first time, I can't quote who I heard it from, but when I heard it, it resonated with me. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens when I get in front of people on me and my team get in front of people and we deliver a great message and we know we're, we're, de- we're like mailmen, right? We know we're delivering something. We just don't know what's in the package. Um, but even still, when they leave and we leave, we're like, man, how long is that going to stick with them? Um, being that we just, they just saw us for one moment. And so... That's kind of where that concept was derived from. So that just makes me think about how that kind of applies to where we are now in the state of like social media. That feels like emotional pimping times a hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we all are looking for like sound bites or like images that'll stop you from scrolling or whatever the you know the the catchphrase. Um, the purple elephant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, in terms of like that, does that? What is the solution to that? Is the solution to then, as you're having this uh, presentation or this worship service, to provide the audience with solutions or ways in which they can get their problem solved? Like, how do you counteract just you just sort of leaving on the high, but not really knowing? how to take care of the situation. What's the- yeah. I mean, I think it's like when you're presenting, I think you have to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like when people are presenting and they're trying to, and they're in the sales industry, mm-hmm. you know, they talk about the clothes, right? Right. And so what I've learned as I've gone through different business models, is like you close from the beginning. So in the beginning, you talk about like, you know, I'm either planting, watering, I'm harvesting. So you talk to them about, Who's going to get it? You kind of you almost create a fear of loss up front, so they pay more attention because they don't want to be the one person that doesn't get it. And so you say, you know, 
there's, there's 50 people in here, 20 of you all are going to get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so psychologically, everybody wants to be the 20. Right. And so you do, you drop small things like that to try, and that helps, right? That helps them listen, um, right. you know, second level listen, like they're actively listening at that point. And so what that helps is, you know, that's going to help sustain whatever you give to them. But you also have to have, so that's one strategy. But after that, you also do have to have some type of offering, right? And since we're in a nonprofit world, typically our stuff is free, right? So it's another service, it's another event. And so we, we get them in front of us um, as much as possible, serving a need, right? And so we build relations, we build rapport, and then literally so we dropped social media already, but then hopefully it falls on social media. And that gives us an opportunity to feed into them, right? So now they have, I love this because I didn't even think this was going to come out so organically. Like, then they have a mentor virtually. And so now they can follow us, right? And so now they're attached to the brand and it's more than one of us. And so if you don't like me as much and I don't resonate with you, you know, we got my partner, we got other people. So those are the strategies that we are. Um, that we use and so it's we hope that it's working we know that there's better things we can do particularly by adding more offerings right that appeal to more young people just people in general yeah okay that was good mm-hmm. okay so we've used this or you've we actually we've talked about this a couple of times so mentorship what is a mentor let's start from like the basics and, the is, basics. and is that different from like a coach Man, it, the lines are so blurred. Mm-hmm. Knowing, knowing that I had this to do, um, I was like, okay, what is a mentor? Mm-hmm. And, I, and you know, everybody thinks they know what it is. Right. Um, but I think a lot of times we do and we don't. And it's so, I mean, I don't want to call it diverse, but there's so many variations of what a mentor can be. Right. And so um, I think the quintessential model of a mentor is someone that literally walks you through some process in your life and follows you through it and gives you sound advice. So they're in front of you um, in this thing we call life mm-hmm. in a certain area that you plan on going into um, or they're just positioned in a place where they can, you know, they can help you get out of a place or into a place. Right. Uh, and I think that's the mental, right? There's a person that's typically older than you that's at where you want to be or at a place that you, is highly regarded by you Mm-hmm. And you like them as a mentee and they like you as a mentor. Mm-hmm. And that's where the relationship starts. And sometimes it's spoken and sometimes it's unspoken. Like sometimes it's verbalized, like, I want you to be my mentee. And, or it's asked, I want you to be my mentor. And sometimes it just happens. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's like the baseline model. But I think also there's like people that we watch on social media that become our mentors from afar. I think there's... um people that are peers mm-hmm. that can become our mentors. And so, I, and I think you have mentors in different areas of life, right? You got, if you're married, you have can have a mentor that's for the marriage. You have a mentor that's for your business. If you're in business, you have an educational mentor. And so you have a mentor that can help you with your balance. And so it can be, it can be a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so it's about coining the definition. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. Okay, and so how might that be different from a coach? Yeah, yeah. So, man, it, it could be the same. Mm-hmm. Like as I as I start talking about a mentor, and I start thinking about like, man, this is this is a coach. Like I'm going through a coaching certification now. I'm like, yo, this is kind of like a a coach. But you know what I tell you, a mentor. And here's the difference: since I am literally going through a coaching cert, um, coaches don't give you the answers. Mm-hmm. 
they ask really good questions, right? They know they, they're intentional about identifying your value system and your um, limiting beliefs, right? Uh-huh. And they do action and action plans. Now, I don't know if a mentor does all of that because a mentor serves in more of an advisory capacity. Uh-huh. So they're literally going to tell you what to do, right? Yeah. I heard an analogy um, when I was doing a little research. I heard an analogy of a guy said it was like a dog playing fetch with the mentee being the dog and the person throwing whatever object being the, the mentor. Like, I tell you to go get it. If you go get it and bring it back, you're, you're more worthy of my time. Right, so I just, but it's directive where I think coaching is more question and self-discovery and it's literally more purposeful. Um, yeah. Not that mentorship isn't, but they're literally trying to get you to where they're at because they don't know everything about everything. They know what they know. And that's why you sometimes have to have multiple mentors. So if yeah. I had to say, that would be the, the differences between the two. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I am, and another thing that kind of pops up is I suspect coaching is not free. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that, that's other <laughs> Right, and mentorship can be in a lot of ways. I mean, you're, you're using your time and your resources, but in terms of, like, financially, here's my money. Maybe that doesn't happen in a mentorship relationship versus a coaching. Exactly. Yeah, that popped into my mind, but when I think about mentor, I do think free. Mm-hmm. And um, I would be turned off by someone that called themselves a mentor to me and charged me. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have to be. I would have to be. Uh, and that, there's certain places where I think that's um, okay, but everybody hasn't evolved to that point, right? I think mm-hmm. that that's when you're trying to do something in a B-suite type. So you know, you're trying to do something big, and there may be somebody that wants to mentor you, and they're not going to be coaching. They're telling you exactly what to do. Right. Um, but because of who they are, influence, time, that's different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one you should pay for. But yeah, when you talk asset, mental, and coaching, because coaching is such a buzz right now, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, and it's, it's going to be a service, right? Right. Um, people pay for that. But I think about you have, yeah, and it's different from athletic coaching. Like, mm, yeah. Because you know, athletic coaching and, or um, fitness coaching is like, they're still telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. And they're setting a bar for you, and they're helping you be accountable to, to meet the goal. But I think coaching from like a life coaching standpoint, it's, it's more like self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But you're right. Charging. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have to pay for a mentor at yeah. some juncture. Yeah. Um, but most, the most, the ones that are, but see, that's not organic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's not anything that connects you or resonates where you feel drawn to that person. That person takes a, a liking to you because they see the potential and it's not always like that when you have to pay for it. When you, I think you're at a different place on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You've gotten to a different place in your life when you're paying for some type of mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the discretionary income or not. And yeah. you just see that there's somewhere you need to be where the average Joe that you might run into um, in your, your sphere of influence and your circle of friends can't find them there. So. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay, so you've kind of alluded to this, but I want to go into this a little bit more. How do people go about finding a mentor and like what quality should they be looking for when they think about a mentor? Yeah. And you know, I feel like this is difficult for people of color. Mm. Let's toss that in there. You know, Uh, I think this is where, and I'm going to speak from a a man's perspective Uh because you know, sometimes men of color, because we don't always have the greatest mentors around us initially, just depending on where you're coming from, uh-huh. um, you know, we're, we're kind of, um, 
just a little reluctant to go ask another man to mentor me, mm. particularly if you're a man, particular, yeah. particularly if you're also like somebody that's already reached a certain level mm-hmm. in their life, it becomes more and more difficult for some to ask for mentorship. So I think that um, sometimes it's, it's great when a, men, when a mentor approaches you or shows an interest in you. You know, that's almost affirming. So that's the, I feel like that's the best way it can happen. Because as a younger mentee, you don't know how to ask, really. Mm -hmm. And so for a mentor to do it, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of those that, I think a lot of people that mentor either had or didn't have mentors. Mm -hmm. And so if they had one, they know the value. And if they didn't have one, they know the value because they didn't get it and they want to do what wasn't done for them. And so I think when you're looking for, you should look for somebody that has the qualities you want that you look up to, that you, um, something, right? They, like I said, they don't have to have everything that, that you want to be because they, they're totally a different person, but they may have, if it's business, they may have the business acumen that you're interested in. They have a certain level of success and they have balance with and you're interested in that and that's the person you seek after. And I think really you just need to have um, discussions, try to, you know, if it's social media, you can follow them on social media. If you see them at social events, you can um, just, you know, I watch people, I'm a people watch, so I watch them from afar find the right moment to kind of shake a hand, see how they treat other people. Um, and then, you know, make an introduction, see how I feel with my discernment with meeting them. And then um, if I feel like it's a good connection, then I will probably find some way to contact them and see if we can make it happen organically. Um, and if, and if the opportunity prevents, you know, present itself, I've been asked, you know, how would you feel about being my mentor? And I would probably outline what that I felt like that looked like to me. Um, and I think a lot of people just don't don't have that, right? Particularly when you're young. Yeah. You just you just don't know. You're trying to learn so many other things. I think about the young me. You're trying to figure out so many other things. You you want that, but you don't know how to ask for that. And there's certain things about you and your value system, maybe, that won't allow you to ask. So it becomes interesting. It's, it's scared to get, like, you know, denied, right? Right. You want nobody to tell you no, because you might not do that again. Right. That's real. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You just said a whole whole bunch right there. Okay. So it's interesting because what you just said was so helpful because when I think about like the my own mentors that I've had in my life, I've never actually asked them <laughs> if they <laughs> if they would be my mentor. I just wouldn't stop being around. Like Oh, you, <laughs> you gonna be there? I'm gonna be there. Um, can I come to your office or can I do the thing? And so, um, yeah, so they didn't really have the opportunity to uh, reject me because I didn't ask. I had just proclaimed it. I don't know if that's the best way to go, but it worked for these group of folks. So, um, (laughs) but I think it's that thing that you just said in terms of like, these are people who are in spaces where, you know, felt aspirational to me and I appreciated what they did for the community, the, the work that they did, the impact that they had. And I just wanted to be adjacent to it. Like, how can I even learn just a part of what you're doing? Um, and so when you mention I'm looking at them to see how they treat other people or how they move, like, what is it that you, what would be something that would be like, oh yeah, this is somebody who would be mentorship material or, oh, I need to maybe reconsider how I was thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, let me just affirm what you just said. Like, I think what you did is yeah. what I've done. I think that's the best way to do it because, you know, you didn't ask them a direct question, but you know. Right. You can tell when it's coming. It's like saying, I love you. Like, mm-hmm. you don't got to tell me. I can see it, right? right. 
Right. So I, I like what you said. So listeners, that's probably what I would endorse. Um, <laughs> and so your question to me was like, how do I watch them? And so, and what am I looking for? Right. Um, I'm, I'm just looking for people that are not kind, right? Mm-hmm. How about let's start with that? Like some people just aren't kind mm. um, and, and approachable. And I know people aren't approachable for certain reasons. And I know you can't always go off first impressions, but people do, the majority of people do. And so I'm looking for people that are, um, affluent in the places of leadership and, you know, and ha- maybe have, you know, financial gains. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking how they treat everybody. Right. The bartender, the person, the waitress, the other people that are at their level, people that aren't at their level, people that are trying to be mentees. I'm just looking how they're treating everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if they're being consistent. Yeah. You know, if they have a significant other, I'm looking to see how they treat their significant other or kids. Mm-hmm. If they're on social media, I'm trying to see if they have a balanced life. Like, are you only talking about business? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just saying if they're balanced. I'm just, you know, I want to see if they are kind to people. I know they're good at what they do. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. But I want to see, do they have the complete balance? Because I don't want to copy that model. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, they shouldn't try to, I mean, I wouldn't export that model. Right. Don't import that to me. I want to see if you can do what you're doing while balancing other things that are important to me. And so... Uh, I'm really looking for a person that's like me, mm-hmm. right? Maybe a kindred spirit. Right. And then I feel like there just would be an easier connection. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that was cool about that is everybody doesn't have to look for the same person because you can look for qualities that you admire in a person. And right. if those are kindred qualities for you, then that's probably the person that needs to mentor you because it's all different people. I would even say sometimes, that's how I look at things initially, but I would also look at because just because that's the most comfortable mm-hmm. and I'd be the most receptive right but the the, the the other side to the same corner sometimes you might need a mentor that is not like you mm-hmm. right to give you perspective um, but I think the first mentor is just to get into the understanding of what it's like and to at least have one solid mentor mm-hmm. um, go with someone that you feel comfortable with like-spirited um, share the same interests and maybe core values and then start looking at people that aren't like you but have things that you desire because you had that one mentor that's the staple mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then you you know and so they'll set the path and then the other mentors can only come along and add but you already have like a filter that you've created with your current mentor because they're like you right so with that is is mentorship a permanent relationship like once you secure a mentor, do you stay with them until y'all take y'all last breath? Like how does this work? Yeah, I think it's different. I think it attenuates, right? So I think some it tapers off, right? Because you grow. I mean, you grow into them, or you kind of grow out of them, and you're looking for your next mentor. And I don't think they should drop you, or you should drop them. But I think sometimes the frequency in which you speak with them and probably see them becomes less mm-hmm. because you've taken the nuggets and the jewels that they've been able to impart on you and you use them. And now you've elevated to a place where you're, you know, you know, they, they can still impart knowledge, but you probably need to look to the left or the right or, or maybe up to mm-hmm. grab onto the hills of another mentor to get you to the, the next level. Um, and so that's not to say that you forget them, but you, you find that you don't hate to use this language, but you don't need to lean on them and access them as much 
but that's yeah. good, right? Because they've done their job and you should still go to, to weddings and cookouts and right. social events together, but it's not like that same dependency that you want to have. And, that, and that's a win for the mentor. Right. So it almost sounds like what you're saying is that if the mentorship relationship is working really well, at some point you even become peers. Bingo. Yeah, because yeah. you've kind of grown into whatever it is that you're, you know, working with and the way that the dynamics are different. It's not like a one down anymore. It's we're kind of side by side. Yeah, yeah. I hate to I hate to put myself side by side with my mentor because it's like, you know, you still I, I'm, as I'm getting older, I've noticed that there's this intellect mm-hmm. wisdom quotient, right? And so mm-hmm. I work with people that so they're smart, but they're younger than me, but they don't have that wisdom quotient, right? And so right. I feel like even though I'll be a peer to my mentor at some point, it fit, still feels like they got me on the wisdom quotient. Right, so that's why right. they use that language. But you like, you like, you become a, you literally become a side by side colleague. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, where they once were your mentor. So yeah, I can be. That is a win. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So the next question might be a a big question, but you got to tell us. You gotta you gotta help us impart your wisdom. Um. So I I can tell you're being mentored because you said that <laughs> in your previous yeah. answers. And as someone who's been mentored, what as it relates to business in particular, because you mentioned that you can be mentored in a whole bunch of different ways and roles. But as it relates to business, what would you say are like the top three things that you've learned? from a business mentor about entrepreneurship yeah about entrepreneurship wow um okay you want me okay so i'll say this one one of the mentors is a a famous person Mm -hmm. via books okay and so from that mentor i've learned um taxes Mm. and you know assets and liabilities over bills and salaries you know so um, i'm learning how to operate hopefully like a wealthy person right mm-hmm. to use the tax laws and debt to my advantage now, that's a hardcore business thing mm-hmm. um from another business mentor that i've met through the black chamber kind of and um uh, looks like me mm-hmm. uh what i've learned is build a team mm-hmm. important and i've always known and i've always preached that but i've never I want to say see I've seen it manifest in other ways but I've never seen you know people really go with it. continuously talk about the team the team the team right. and what the team looks like and why the team is important mm-hmm. and what type of people they put in place right because you got to trust them and when I say build a team you know it's people because you know when you're in business you're not the master of everything likely you're only the master of what you're the skill set is right the product right. or service you deliver mm-hmm. and so you got to bring financial people around you sometimes you got to bring marketing people around your publicists and branding people um and and tax people so just building that that team that you can consult like a doctor right. you go to an emergency room that's the doctor that will treat you in the emergency room but they got to call all the doctors if they have other existing ailments mm-hmm. right so that's that's the type of dynamic um so i think that building a team the taxes and the liabilities and how to use those as advantage is one. And the other thing is um just how to just how to be a good leader. Mm-hmm. Just how to lead and love and um my first professional mentor has a PhD in leadership and I was reading books on leadership when I met her and the way she would I would see her do the stuff I was reading about seamlessly and I was like that's what I want. And to be able to like your leadership be so 
ingrained in you that you can't really tell people how you do it. It's just you do it. Right. And so I really love that. And yeah. On the flip side of that coin is I had another boss in the same seat, you know, the same setting that had all the leadership books but couldn't implement any of it. Mm. And so I really saw, yeah, so the, the, the leadership and how they ingrained that into you and then let it permeate into your culture, um, building the team and then yeah, taxes and liability and how to use those to your advantage. Yeah, let me say this one thing. So one of them's from a book, a series of books from a person. Um, and then the one is a mentor that's kind of recently acquainted. One's from an older mentor, and she's a, she's a female, too. And so I never thought that my first mentor would be a female. And so, you know, just open your eyes people, <laughs> to whoever the mentor might be, right? Right, Interesting. right, right. right yeah, right. And, I, and I even say this, too. Um, not to offend anybody, but, but I have also a mentor I was building a relationship with here at the university that was um, homosexual. Mm-hmm. And so that was interesting. I, I never thought that I would have a homosexual mentor either. Mm-hmm. And so that worked out really well. And so um, I feel like I've just been shown that mentor can come from anywhere. It can be younger. Yeah. It can be a book. It can be a following, um, different race, ethnicity, sexual preferences. And so you just have to be open. You know, if you're if you're a man, you don't have to think my mentor only has to be a man that looks like me. If you're a woman, it has to be a woman that looks like me. Right. And so you're looking for that just kindred spirit and somebody that sees something in you as willing to devote the time. And mm-hmm. That sounds like the basics of just um, kind of that premise sounds like the basis of like good friendship. Like if you find somebody that's that kindred spirit or you have a thing that's a point of connection, um then there there are potentially opportunities in terms of where they could go and how it can grow and so the the same thing it sounds like for mentorship as well um do you do you think for black entrepreneurs that it's important that they have at least one black mentor in their on their roster yeah if you ask me that Here's a testament to my growth. If you had asked me that maybe four years ago, mm-hmm. I may have paused a little bit more. But now, I think it's I think you need it. Mm-hmm. it it's just something about the African American, the brown person's plight where you need that, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a shared experience that you need inserted into that. Like you can't. Everybody doesn't have a shared experience, and so for I think people that are minorities, mm-hmm. you, you need to hear the, the bare bones um, stuff that makes sense for the business, but sometimes that's inside of a bubble, the ethnic bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Certain things you can't do that maybe your other mentor can do as a man or as a woman, as a, as a, you know, somebody from a different ethnic group. And so I think you need that empowerment um, because there's barriers that they won't face potentially. Right. Right. And there's things in the community that they won't face, even in their own community. So now that I'm a little wiser, continue to learn people. I um I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that's that's gonna be important. Mm-hmm. Uh, only if to provide perspective to what your other mentor is giving you, right? If the other mentor is not at the same race, they can provide this different perspective. Like for me, for us, it's gonna look like this and just be mindful of that mm-hmm. as you move forward. Right. Um, so that mentor is, I mean, even when I talk to my, my students here, like I talk about joining the primary, um, the primary like organizations of their profession. Right. But I said also look for the affinity group mm. that's in that too, because that's a different type of mentorship. 
Right. Also look for the regional, but you know, you know, national regional and look for the affinity group because you get a different type of mentorship and exposure and the conversations are just different there. Um, because it's gonna, yeah, it's it's just gonna be useful mm. and refreshing too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. I'm gonna stop. So <laughs> I have like five more questions. But we don't have all day. Uh so mm. I'm a, I'm gonna wrap this up real quick. Okay. <laughs> but this has been fun. This has been fun. Okay, so yeah. um let's end this conversation with this question. What does minding my black business mean to you? That phrase. Wow, every time I hear it, I feel like it bounces between two or three things, right? Um yeah. <laughs> I mean like it, it comes off like slightly controversial. Yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah. <laughs> right. Intentionally, right? It's the yeah. it's a purple elephant. Right. Um, right and right. then I think it's like, and because I'm in business and I know you and I know what's coming from, I'm like, wow. Understanding and working on my business as a African American person, a person of color, and, and understanding what that means and being proud um, of what I'm doing. And not thinking that it's less than right. Um, and then there's another piece in me that I don't know what this is. There's a third thing that I really can't even verbalize, right? <laughs> Stay in my lane, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which yeah. is different from the business perspective. Like in life, just I'm minding my black business, so I'm staying in my lane. Right. And I'm not getting distracted from the shiny things, the thing to the left and the right. Nice. It's like minding my black business, so. Yeah. Focus, stand on course. Yeah. So yeah, it's thought provoking, thought provoking yeah. for real. Yeah. yeah. It well, it's it's meant to be. It needs to be considered. So <laughs> no, I love I love those things. The way that you described that, um, and yeah, yeah, those are those are all the things that I hope people can do. Um, Fernando, this has been great. Can you tell us what you have coming up? Because you are always got something going on. How can we support you? Yeah, so I think um, for the nonprofit, we have um, a continuously growing, I'm going to call it huge at this point, mm-hmm. um, back to school events in the Williamsburg area. If you want to support that, you can um, make a donation to us via PayPal. So it's, you know, RPO, PayPal me, RPO, um, VA. So that's big. Contact me directly. Find me on all social media outlets with my government name. And you can uh, (laughs) donate to that. You know, we're looking for open donations and sponsorships at all times to support our initiatives throughout the year. Um, The other thing that there'll be a book coming soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't give a title yet because it had been put into place. Um, So look for the book. And if it makes sense to you, uh, I will tell you the premise of the book is on uh, kind of germane to this topic, like friends and business. Mm, mm-hmm. Friends and business, right? And so family can be incorporated into that, but just how almost a, a, a manual on how to um, enter into f- business with friends. Mm-hmm. And if you're in business and hadn't working, it's not working quite well, there's going to be like a mediation type mm-hmm. piece as well. Yeah. And so um, got that going on. And I'm doing this coaching and I'm not sure what that's going to do, but it's definitely going to, enrich everything else I'm doing. So there's a there's a mediation piece within me, I think, that um, I'm going to let manifest into a business, too. So we'll see how that goes. So there could be mediation services coming okay. with a coaching angle. All right, all right. I ain't yeah. mad at it. 
that's great. That's great. So what I'll do is I'll put that information in the show notes of this episode so that people can um, check back for the book, send money for PayPal, for the back to school drive, and um, be on the lookout for those coaching slash um, mediation services. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank uh, you, Renato. This has been so great. I appreciate your wisdom. Man, I, I, I'm glad I have some wisdom, says you. But I enjoy this. I've been smiling the whole time. Like, this, is, this is good. This is really good. So appreciate what you do. This platform is amazing for you. Um, yeah, your followers are blessed. Thank you. So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, MindingMyBlackBusiness.com, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages under Minding My Black Business, and on Twitter under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know that you're minding my black business.